TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Conservative. What I don't like about Washington is they're very nice to your face and then they take a shiv or a machete and they stab it in your back. I'm a Wall Street guy and I'm more of a front-stabbing person and, and I'd rather tell people directly how I feel about them. Nobody talk about politics like... Don't say anything, you know. A marriage that's been through it all. She has filed for divorce over his naked political ambition. These are the views of a couple in love. A couple with children. A couple with differing opinions and perspectives. A couple that survived. He's kind of like an impetuous guy. In, in many ways, that's great. In some ways, it's tough when you're married. What leads them back to each other? Communication, conversation, and a realistic outlook on the world we live in. Your hosts, Anthony and Deirdre Scaramucci. This is Mooch and the Misses. Welcome back to Mooch and the Misses, everybody. So Anthony's joining us from Japan. We had a really hard time getting him on the phone line. I'm half asleep, so I forgot how to dial out to international countries. So anyway, good thing we don't have a live show because that took me like five minutes to figure out with our producer. Well, what do you want to talk about, girl? We're uh, girl. Uh, we're we're we're, we're in a, a, uh, we're in a uh, news news buffet. I mean, my God, every day gets a little bit crazier. Maybe we should rename this like the Brett Kavanaugh discussion podcast. That's all we talk about. Um, all, all right. Well, let, let, let let's go to that on. and tie it. Let's tie, tie it back into last week. Okay. So, uh, uh, Rod Rosenstein, I said was going to get fired. Uh, and now I'm ambivalent about that because had this not sequenced the way it did, I, I think it was very likely he was going to get fired. Same way I think John Kelly was under a lot of pressure before the Parkland uh, shooting because of the Rob Porter situation. So politics being fluid, uh, uh, looks like Rob Rosenstein has been saved by the Kavanaugh situation. But this Kavanaugh situation, uh, time kill kills all deals. And uh, I'm super worried for him in the sense that he's not every every day that goes by. There's like more nastiness coming out, uh, and so it'll 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 just be up to the uh, the politicians, the Republican politicians, whether or not they want to pull the trigger on him. The uh, the polling is very bad. Did you see the polling on? No. Tell me. That's why I have forty-eight. You. I don't need to. Yeah, read the forty-eight. Poll. No, forty-eight. No, forty-two. Yes. That's the Quinnipiac poll that was done uh, between September 27th to the 30th. So mm-hmm. um, uh, people also ask if, if there's a smearing going on. Uh, 45% of the people said yes. 42% of the people said no. But but it does feel like a smearing that is going on. I mean, we're, well, we're going back day, 36 years. This is unraveling. Guys, every day there's a new person coming out of the woodwork. Every day there's a new accusation. Every day there's something, another shoe that's dropping. We wake up to a new person every morning accusing him of something. If this doesn't get wrapped up quickly, I feel like it's just going to keep happening, and we're going to be talking about the same thing in two weeks from now. So I'm hoping okay, we can put you, an end to this with this FBI given, investigation. Given, given everything you know, would you confirm them? Well, 
so basically I was very undecided, but now I'm kind of like wondering why this guy is lying under oath about things like the Deborah Ramirez woman who's accusing him of the Yale incident. He said he didn't know about it until he read it in the New York Magazine article, but apparently he had been texting people, I guess friends that he's known from college or his university days trying to squash the story before it came out. So that's a lie. So why are we lying under oath if we're going to be a Supreme Court justice? Okay, okay. well, let me ask you, is that a black letter item for you? Well, um, I feel like you I shouldn't think be it is lying. for a lot of people. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to say I've never told a lie, but you shouldn't be lying under oath with this. They're, the stakes are pretty high here, so you should be telling the truth, you know? I think it always comes out in the end, and then you just look bad. So I would say that's pretty definitive for most people. If you're lying about this, what else are you going to lie about? Well, that that set of facts looks really bad. So uh, to me, if that's found out that he actually was lying, it's going to be very, very hard for him uh, to get over that. Because I well, think it's that pretty clear. You that, cannot hide in this day with technology. If he was so foolish to send text messages trying to get in touch with people beforehand, before the story broke, it's in writing. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. So I think they pretty much know that that happened. So he's he's definitely told some lies here and there, and I think that's not great for him. I think that was a silly, a stupid move on his part. That could be what his ultimate downfall could be, these, these lies. Just as an aside, we have this guy, Chad Luddington, that is uh, standing at the... Uh, you know, the driveway, the end of his driveway. He went to school with him. <laughs> is he in his and robe? And he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's is wearing he his, his uh, suit. No, he's got a suit and tie on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's, he's a professor you know, or something, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know what he is, but I, I mean, he, he doesn't look like he's had any shortage of beer, beer, beer going <laughs> into him or anything like that. You know, so I'm just wondering w- why he's doing that to his friend, you know. Well, these are um, not friends. Again, I was thinking that I was as I was reading these news articles that it said Kavanaugh was trying to reach out to his friends and get in touch with his friends to coerce them before the story broke and they're running to the papers and to the media with the information and the FBI. They're trying to force the info on the FBI. That ain't your friend, buddy. You better know who your friends are because those aren't your friends. You learned that, Anthony. You thought people were your friends. They're not your friends. The only people who no. will ever truly love you, with the exception of maybe two or three close friends in your life, which I've learned, your mom and your dad, hopefully your siblings, and some really close family you know, and like a hand, maybe one or two friends that you've made over the course of your life. But if you're going to consider and trust every single person in your circle, you're going to make a big mistake. You're you're going to catch something going that you wouldn't expect from somebody. So you've learned that firsthand. Well, I've I, learned that firsthand. I, I learned that obviously the very hard way. But I I I just I'm I'm giving two thumbs down to Chad Luddington, a Yale classmate of Judge uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Right. Um, okay, so you drank with the guy, and, you know, if he's telling a fib, uh, even in this situation, why are you running down to the bottom of your driveway, <laughs> okay, to hurt the guy? People, okay, so People so, want 15 I minutes mean, of fame, just like they say it, you and I do, even though 
that yeah. ain't the case. Yeah, well, and also, late, people are very righteous, like I said. That. Yeah, but there's this, you know. Yeah. Let's not start looking right, well, into Mr. So Ludington's this, all right, past. Well, anyway, I'm just uh, this guy gets the Shamil of the Month uh, award from the Mooch and the Mrs. podcast. Uh, forever named. For, for, forever named Chad Duddington in my book. <laughs> I just don't think that that is a very cool thing to do. And it doesn't matter uh, how righteous the guy is at this point in his life. You don't do that to your buddy. That's just my personal opinion. So uh, I had no obligation to do that, and he wasn't subpoenaed or anything like that. And so it's not like he was needed to go out there and do right. that. So let me ask you about Julie Swetnick, mm-hmm. though, mm-hmm. while we're talking about this thing. Okay, so... So you and I both know Michael Avenatti. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that we both like him. Yes. Um, you know, we've gotten to know him personally uh, in the last three weeks. We, you know, I disagree with him. Three weeks. As it relates to the, uh, three months. I meant to say three you months. You got some jet Has lag. It been longer than that? Five, five, <laughs> uh, five I don't know. months, something like that. Something like that. But it's more than three That's, weeks. I, yeah. So, I mean, I would say the last six months. Why, right. well, let, let, let's say it that way. Yeah. But, but, uh, Obviously, I disagree with him on the president. I think you're more leaning on the same side as him, as the uh, uh, you know, in terms of not liking the president. But what do you what think? What makes this you whole, think that the uh, fist bumps that we do when you're not looking? <laughs> the, the fist bump. No, the fact that you like you raise the uh, the volume every time he's on the TV with like uh, Rachel Maddow. I mean, that could be the reason, right? Someone looked at me um, and they okay, said, so- "What? Do, why do you like Michael Avenatti so much? He'd show up to a, an envelope opening. That's what they told me." I thought it was funny. Okay. All right. Well, look, I mean, people say I don't say see him that way. I don't see him it. as an opportunist. I don't. I think okay, he's so really how trying. How do you see him? I think he's trying. To, well, he's obviously gaining notoriety with all this. But I don't think. I think he does have a mission. I think he's on a mission. And I think he's actually trying to help people. So. Well, there's a little bit of a mix. Child, separa- ch- child separation thing. Yes, he helps sure. some kids guess, return you know, could... to their parents. And that's. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I look like I said, I like him. So, I mean, this is one of the weird things about our society now. You can be on opposite sides of things. You're not supposed to like each other and you're supposed to demonize each other. But I don't. But you were asking me a question about something. I totally derailed you. I respect Michael. But yeah, but I'm asking you a different question, um, which is about Julie Swetnick, um, who was uh, uh, first broadcast interview. it was yesterday with Ari Melber, somebody that you and I both know. We've mm-hmm. had dinner with Ari together. The beat. Uh, we both like both like Ari. I think Ari's a fair guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he may not be in the same political camp as me, but I do think he's an objective, fair guy. And so she's on there. And what did you what did you think of what she said? And what did you think of what came out after what she said in terms of uh, not being able to confirm? or the, the syncopation between her statements and her interview being very mixed. What's your opinion of that? Right. With all of these things, I think we need to sit down, take a moment, and hear everyone out, and then really look into it before we start taking things as the gospel. Because once you start, you you, you hear that she's accusing him of these things. And then we go back into her past. We all have these skeletons in the closet. And supposedly she has some sort of legal history of her own. She's had issues with her employer. She's had some sort of, um, she's had, she's had um, a civil complaint against her former company. And then they let her go due to unwelcome sexual innuendo. All of this 
nonsense. So then you're you're questioning her credibility. So shouldn't we look into all of this before we start taking people at their word or for their word? We can't do that anymore because there's just too much going on, too many people coming out of the woodwork and too many accusations flying. We have to figure out who's telling the truth, what their history is, why they would be saying this, what's their motivation, and go from there. You can't you can't take somebody at their word anymore, unfortunately. And, and But what about due process and the burden of proof? I mean, it just seems like if someone accuses you of doing something related to the Me Too movement, it's over. I mean, no, there's but not, it has to be a corroborated. You, you have to be able to corroborate your story. It ha, It's not these things, this Brett Kavanaugh hearing, that's not a criminal trial, but you have to treat it like that. You have to have, if it would be thrown out in a court of law in a criminal case, you have to treat it like that now. Because if you don't have evidence and you don't have anything to back up what you're saying, it's not that I don't believe the people, but you have to back up your story. Like I was reading about the um, guy running for the Minnesota Attorney General, Keith Ellison. Um, Mm -hmm. His Mm -hmm. girlfriend accused him of some sort of physical domestic violence. And she said she had a video of him dragging her off their bed and yelling at her and all this stuff. Then when they said, okay, that's great, show me the video, she won't show anyone the video. She won't even show her own personal attorney or the attorney they hired to um, to look into this, the Democrats. She won't show anyone the video. So that the case is closed. If you can't back up what you're saying or, or show some sort of evidence, we don't have time to talk about all of this because it's just happening too much now. You got to come with some proof. Okay, but, okay, but Doc... Dr. Ford, um, she doesn't have a video. Obviously, it's 36 years ago. She didn't have an iPhone, but she has no video. Um, but her, her testimony, I thought, was quite compelling. I watched her testimony from uh, Dubai mm-hmm. uh, while I was waiting to board that airplane, and I can't tell you that she looked unconvincing to me. Well, I'm not Having saying that. that. I was talking about Julie Swetnick. That, you know, no, she's I obviously got that, you, some you, issues of her own. You're making so a statement if you can't. But we're actually chopping up three different situations. Julie Swetnick, issues of her own, doesn't look like her story is going to hold water. Uh, then we went to Keith Ellison's girlfriend. He's not. She's not showing the video, so therefore she's discredited. But now here's Dr. Ford. She has no backup. She has no evidence. Right, she has well, no this pictures. Is, this is the catch-22 so, with this specific incident or incident. This is the catch-22 with Christine Blasey Ford because we don't, there's nothing, there's no evidence. It's a he said, she said. So we do need this FBI investigation and it has to be semi-thorough. It can't be a joke, okay, but, but I don't know how they're going to get that but, done but in babe, two days. When you, when you watched it, when you watched it, did you believe her? I definitely think something has happened to her. She seems very wounded to me and I don't believe that someone would come out and put their family and themselves this much on the line, I would hope not, um, Mm -hmm. for something that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming something at some point happened to her. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if he was involved or not. He might have just been in Mm -hmm. the same location. He could have been in the same house and she's affiliating and associating him with it. Or it could have been him. But we need some sort of some backup. But now that he's lying about other things, you're wondering, is he lying about this too? It it wasn't a great idea for him to tell what people would consider maybe white lies, because now you're wondering, 
really if anything he says is credible. If you're me, other people have different opinions. That's my opinion. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Let me ask you this. What do you think uh, Brett Kavanaugh's uh, view of Matt Damon playing him on Saturday Night Live was? He definitely has no sense of humor. He probably didn't watch it. I'm assuming he did not. I don't think he's in the mood to watch Saturday Night Live. But I don't think he I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to be laughing at himself or about himself. It's all too fresh for him. I don't know. I, I had some like impersonation uh, jealousy. I mean, I, I end thought up Matt Damon was and, hilarious, though. Uh, I'm a uh, yeah. No, he, l- listen, he was. Kind of guy. <laughs> okay. But what I've seen from the monsters on this committee makes me want to puke, and not from beer. Oh my god! So I, I, we laughed out loud. We watched it. I, look, I thought I thought it was funny. I mean, I, I had impersonation envy. You know, I got stuck with Bill Hader and Mario Cantone. Yeah, I, mean, I thought about who should Matt be you. Damon. You know who should be I mean, you? Uh, who should go ahead. Rob Lowe. Jason Bourne. I mean, Rob Lowe? Jason Bourne. Oh, Jason Bourne's, yeah, Matt Damon. But yeah, Rob, yeah. Lowe, no, I mean, Rob Lowe would be a more convincing you. Then I also thought uh, uh, Kelly Ripa's husband, Rob, Mark Rob, Rob Lowe and I are both at like five, five foot five. You know I mean, so he, he wouldn't have to you know, he wouldn't have to stand on anything to play me. Um, who'd you say? <laughs> Mark Consuelos. Oh, Mark Consuelos. Yeah, husband? your mother thinks I look. Yeah. yeah, your mother thinks I look like him. Yeah, howdy. Um, um, all right. Well, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, well, well anyway. Let's go back. So, all right, okay. Well, let, so let's, let's go let's back. Let's go back to this thing, okay? Because I, 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 I want to really get your opinion because we really haven't had a chance to talk Wait, about I, it. Well, so, I want to ask you one thing though. Just we can wrap up the Saturday Night Live thing because I rewatched. Kanye West and I didn't get mm-hmm. I didn't see the supposedly at the end of the show he had some sort of three minute mm-hmm. rant about politics yeah they cut it they know well, the, the show ends at one o'clock so, so he he's if he's talking past one o'clock they would have done that to anybody it was well yeah him. but I think I think yeah but I think he was probably talking before that but they they did a little cutting of him out of it but they they sort of told them not to do it. They thought that the uh, audience wouldn't like it. A lot of people in the audience, frankly, didn't like it. Some of the people did like it. Um, but people did use their phones once again, and they recorded it. And obviously, they posted it up on social media. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, he's he's a Trump supporter. And, uh, you know, him and his wife um, feel an ozy to President Trump because they lobbied him very hard. And I'm... Um, the woman's name is escaping me, but the woman that was in jail, uh, yeah, tr- uh, the president them. pardoned her, commuted, commuted her sentence. And listen, since the president did that uh, and had two or three of these sentence commutations, um, his approval rating in the African-American community went from 11 to 27 percent. Now, I'm not saying that's great or anything like that, but it's way higher than past Republican presidents and way higher than past Republican presidential nominees. So... Um, that was and, Alice and, Johnson, and listen, I think her name was, right? Alice Johnson, that's correct. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly who it was. And so, so I think I think Kanye and uh, Kim Kardashian and West both feel um, an obligation slash ozy to the president. Um, and I think that there's more things that can get done as it relates to prison reform, uh, which will be positive for that community. Um, and then I guess the you know the the issue though is is that you know. It's one thing on policy. It's another thing on temper and bully pulpit and and sort of projecting 
a more inclusive feeling. You know, I think the president would say, though, that he's under siege all day. Uh, the attacks are coming in left and right. Um, they certainly think that the attacks on uh, Justice Kavanaugh are very unfair. They think that this is a, a delay tactic by the Democrats. Um, why did uh, Senator Feinstein have the uh, information in July, sit on the information, and then divulge the information one week before they're you think about she, to vote? Do you think she leaked it? Um well, I, I, you know, I know they think that she leaked it. I'm not close enough to think that she leaked it or she didn't leak it, but I knew, do know, unfortunately, the way Washington works. Well, somebody um, leaked it. The, we don't the, know who. It these doesn't people even matter, act I all guess. Jimmy, they act all Jimmy Stewart, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, golly gee, while they're doing all of these sorts of nefarious things behind each other's back. So I think we have a not, clip about uh, Trump talking about Diane Feinstein. Let me see if I can find it. He was at a rally okay, on Saturday in West Virginia. Remember her answer. Did you leak the document? Uh, uh, what? Uh, no, uh, no, I, I didn't leak. Uh, well, wait one minute. Uh, did we leak? Oh, oh, no, no, we didn't leak. Sometimes he's funny and I don't want to laugh at him because he's just... <laughs> It's funny, I mean, though, but I, I feel like I'm, um, you know, what was that show where they used to say, don't encourage, oh, you probably were too old for this, but on, um, you can't do that on television, there was a bunch of people that would say, don't encourage him. So Rocket I feel like I'm, man. <laughs> I'm encouraging his craziness <laughs> well, when I laugh. Well, the thing is, thing is, when people laugh, he puts another Duraflame log on the fire every time someone's laughing. So, I mean, he's obviously an entertainer. Yeah, so. that's why I don't, I'm going to not laugh, even it, though he can't hear me. It, By the way, he's going to send out that text tomorrow, that presidential alert system text. And nope. I was cracking up okay. because <laughs> someone said, if it says, if it just says help. It's definitely sent by Melania. <laughs> oh, she's in Africa, though. I mean, maybe maybe she knew that the uh, the text was coming, so she's in Africa hiding right now. You know, who knows she what the escaped. text is going to say, right? She escaped to Africa. Let's just hope it's not him spelling it on Twitter on his Samsung phone with his fat fingers going after the uh, keyboard. But yeah, hopefully he'll have someone I, else do it for him. So we. I want to. I want to. I want to ask you this question, though. If she did leak it, if she did leak it, mm-hmm. and they did put these delay tactics in in order to derail his uh, nomination, and they're basically saying that they're totally justified in doing this because of what happened to Justice Garland last year, uh, where after uh, Antonin Scalia's death, uh, President Obama nominated him to the court and uh McConnell and the Republicans wouldn't give him a hearing, wouldn't allow him uh, the judiciary testimony. So so they now feel gunned up uh, and justified in doing this. What's your opinion of this? Is is enough enough? Does two wrongs make a right? Uh, no, two wrongs never make a right. We need to cut the BS, move on, figure it out, do this stupid FBI investigation, make the decision, and keep on going. And the guy that's running our country, he needs to stop being the bully on the bully pulpit, and then everybody else will follow suit. Like our four-year-old son says when he does baby yoga, he says, rub your hands, stand up tall, take a deep breath, um. That's what President Trump needs to do, and everybody will follow along. Everybody needs to chill out, and he is the one that can start it. 
if he relaxes mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, well, Speaking of guns, you know, this was the uh, anniversary of the shooting in Las Vegas yesterday where 58 mm-hmm. people very, were killed, 500 sad. people were hurt. And um, I read very somewhere, tragic. and I was feeling good about it, that Trump is considering or is actually working to ban bump stocks, which help the um, ammunition come out quicker um, from the gun. And I'm hoping that he actually does that because we need some help. You can't have rounds of ammunition and a thousand rounds of ammunition and 10, you know, 21 AKs in your hotel room and nobody know about it. We can't do that anymore. Something has to change. Well, listen. Listen, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, and as you know uh, from my dad, I grew up with guns in the house my entire life. Uh, we've, we, uh, we come from a family of hunters, and people have used their guns very responsibly. But I think it is a cop-out uh, for the NRA and for other people that believe in the Second Amendment as, as well as I do. I obviously believe in the Second Amendment. People should have that right. Uh, we should also be able to figure out how to stop people who are going to hurt other people with those guns, uh, how to stop them from getting access to them. And and, and there's got to be a better system to put in place. And, and if people yell at me on the right when I talk about Australia, uh, but it was a conservative in Australia, John Howard, that implemented uh, – very broad-banded uh, measures. People still use their guns in Australia, and the mass killings are down like 85, 90 percent. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I what I fear, honey, is that you get a couple of more killings or a couple of more mass massacres, and then you know the NRA is going to really wish that they had done they'd done something because really you know, I don't think they the, think that at all. I never wish that. They're so dead set on their on what they think. I don't think they feel bad about anything. Well, well they, feel, the they don't take responsibility. I, I, I hear you, but it's just like the, the situation in the gay community, you know, when when people are against the gay community and then they say, oh, wait, wait a minute, I, uh, one of my family members is gay and then all of a sudden they're no longer against the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of feel like uh, a couple of big mass shootings, God forbid, and pray a thousand times that that, of course, does not happen. But I do think that you could have the pendulum swing, the regulatory pendulum swing in a way uh, that would be a disaster for people who are responsible with their guns. So so I'm, I'm just not sure why, and this is an age-old adage in Washington, people wait um, uh, for a major crisis because before they a, act. This is, has a lot to do with lobbyists and the NRA and money. That's why, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. People don't want to. It's a cash cow. They don't want to lose their cash cow. But I believe it's completely irresponsible. And they don't want to be attacked by the NRA, particularly if they're Republicans. So I, 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 I hear you. But it's a very, very big tragedy. It's still a lot of unanswered questions that took place out in um, Las Vegas, and unfortunately, there's been other shootings, the Parkland shooting, et cetera, since then. Um, and so um, I don't know when it's going to stop, um, but it, it is something that we need to tackle as a society. And this is another big problem, uh, why people are going after each other so hard on so many different issues um, that, you know, if you're on this side of it, well, then I'm demonizing you. If you're on the other side, well, I'm going to demonize you. And, and it's just it's ridiculous at this point. There has to be a way to intersect between allowing somebody to use their gun that's a normal person and blocking somebody from getting a gun 
uh, that can do harm to others. There has to be a way to figure that out. We, we, right, but then we have I mean, these hunters we, we that are mood. always saying, well, I needed to hunt. And hunting to me, you hunting is not a sport anymore when you are capping the animal with a semi-automatic weapon. There's no skill involved in that. I've never been hunting, so not that I know anything about it really. But hunting to me was when you had a rifle and you were you're on par and you're equal with the animal. This is crazy. So I read something also. I'm always obviously reading, obviously. A hunter shot a bear in Alaska and the bear rolled on top of him and the hunter had to go to the hospital. To me, that makes me laugh because you shouldn't be shooting the bear. So, and the guy was ex-military. Picture it. He thinks he's all big and bad. He shoots this bear and then the bear collapses on him. So now he's in the hospital. So my opinion of hunting, I don't love it. I see people online posting up all of their pictures holding a dead jaguar, a, je- a dead this, a dead that. The poor animal. Half these things are going extinct. Why do we have to leave them alone? They were here before we were. My opinion, again. And then people will say to me, well, don't you wear leather boots? I'm wearing a leather jacket today. Don't you wear this? So then I think to myself, you're right. So I understand that some people love to do it and there's a trade that comes out of it. A lot of people wear leather. There's leather in every single car. And, but at some point, we have to like kind of scale it back when things are becoming extinct and they, the species doesn't exist anymore. So I don't, get, I don't get the appeal or the romanticism of hunting like Don Jr. He likes to take his dates right, well, on, on trips. Uh, uh, I right, well, <laughs> go on safari and hunt things. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, look. I that mean, wouldn't you impress and I were me if sa- you tried to take me and kill animals. Uh, okay, I I appreciate that. I don't. You know, I have never actually <laughs> killed an animal. I've been on a few hunting trips when I was a kid and and saw uh, deer shot and so forth and gutted. And you told me that it traumatized t- you. T- yeah, I didn't. I wasn't in love with it. I, I didn't like the idea. I was having a great time until uh, the bullet went through Bambi. You know, once Bambi got taken down, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And then when they gutted Bambi, and then when we dropped Bambi off at like Mrs. Candela's house, I mean, I was like, "Okay." I mean, because you know, they butchered Bambi and then they put him in an igloo. I mean, this is old school Italian stuff from the uh, the neighborhood I grew up in. I remember. I remember watching the Deer Hunter. When I was 14 years old, I was oh, like, skin I mean, the deer exact- and then, eesh. yeah. I mean, this is exactly this is exactly Maybe how I should we grew do that. Up, I so. should spend time watching people do things like that, and then I would never eat again, and then I'd be have less of a problem getting well, into it, my it, genes. It, 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 <laughs> turn you into a vegetarian. Watch somebody skin and gut a deer, but, True. but wait, this right, brings well, me. I, we have a question actually. A tweet. A listener tweeted to us. This is Happy Trumper. Marianne T. I think she asked us something last week, too. Where do the two of you stand or compare as far as guns are concerned? Does Deirdre allow the kids to have water pistols or Nerf guns at all? Thanks. Your show is so much fun. Thanks for the question, Marianne. So this is interesting because when I first became a mom, I used to look around and try to see what everybody else was doing with their kid. And then after a while, I said to myself, screw that. Make your own decisions based on how you feel and what your heart tells you. So this is one of those things where I know there are parents who by no means let their child play with a toy gun, a Nerf gun, a water gun. And 
I'm not one of those people because like everything else, I try to be middle of the road. So we let our kids play with the toys, but I also try to explain to them that there are real guns and those are not a joke and they should never use them and they're dangerous and they hurt people. And I tried to make a clear distinction between a water gun where we're in a pool and we're blasting each other and it's funny that way. Uh, I, I tried to explain the difference between that and a real gun. And that's how I'm okay with letting them use them. But I know there are people, like I said, that would never let their child use it, but that's not realistic because then you send them to a friend's house and they use it. That's like one of my friends, one of my best friends and I, Kim, when I, our son is eight months older than her daughter, our son was two, he was eating an Oreo and her daughter was still a little over a year old and she looked at me like I was crazy. You're letting him eat an Oreo? Do you know what's in that? All of this stuff. And I looked at her and laughed and said, okay, talk to me in a year when Noelle is eating an Oreo. Because when they go places and they go into the outside world and they start being with other children and in other places other than your home, you don't have the control. So you have to set them up to be in a position where they know the difference and they've been exposed to things and it's something that they understand. So I don't know, Aunt, what's your opinion? You buy all the Nerf guns, so for my nephews well, and for look, our kids. I, I, I think the one thing I'm happy about is that they've they've – Restyle these toy guns so they have these bright colors right, now. When they I don't was look a like kid, a gun. you know, when I was a kid, that that Nerf gun or that water gun looked like a gun gun, and so now with the orange and the green and all the different colors, I think it's a lot more differentiating where p- kids can know that it's really not serious. And so um, the pursuit, I think, is fun. And uh, I've played paintball all my life, uh, and I think that that's fun. Um, and you know, and listen, I mean, people are playing Call of Duty and they're sitting in front of their uh, their Sony or Sharp television, you know, uh, in HD um, using a quote unquote artificial gun. So, I mean, it's it's prolific in the society. So it's not something, um, in my opinion, if you and I said, OK, look, our kids are never going to play with guns. Then I think the opposite happens, you know, where people, you know, I, I always felt yeah, that maybe the they can I get it up, out of their system. By playing with these I, I always guns. felt that, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to out my parents right now because they're old school Italians. I mean, they used to let us drink in the house. I mean, I had wine yeah, when I was 10, 11, 12. But they mixed yeah, it with the so 7-Up or the ginger ale so we wouldn't get totally crunked. 100%. Or they, or, they put, <laughs> or they put oranges in there or apples. Yeah, sangria. Right? And, Child sangria. Yeah, and so, so I remember like when I was like 15 years old, my buds were like, oh, we're going to go drink. And I'm like, okay, well, what is the big deal? Right. And then it. It dawned on me, well, they, they treated alcohol in their family a lot differently, Taboo. and then it led to Taboo. a lot of binge drinking, a lot of excess related to drinking. So I sort of feel like it's in the marketplace, and it's almost inoculation of the kid to allow them to experience it. So that's, that's my opinion. But yeah. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Let's talk about this. People are probably curious to hear your take on this new NAFTA or 
as it's now called USMCA, which to me just looks like U.S. Military Cadet Academy or something. It's like totally throwing me off this <laughs> name. But typical Trump, he's got to change it. It has to be completely different with his own branding. So we now have... <laughs> I never thought about that. Never thought about that. Well, well, that should yeah, be the I mean, theme song. If, if, if you drop the U.S. and add the Y, there you go. Yeah. But, but look, I mean... So I worked a lot on this during the campaign and on the uh, transition team, and I give a big shout-out to uh, Peter Navarro and uh, Lighthizer, who who basically were a big part of this negotiation with Steven Mnuchin. I think it's also worth pointing out that Jared Kushner kept this thing on track as well. So the good news is it got signed. Uh, Markets like clarity. And so the fact that this thing got signed, and we were predicting for our, our clients at Skybridge that they would meet the deadline, so I'm happy that that happened. Um, some of the detractors are saying, well, many of the things that they negotiated were already negotiated by the Obama administration. The president's taking a victory lap uh, where it isn't warranted. Um, but I'll tell you why I don't think that's the case. Um, there are a number of provisions in here. The stuff that he did on the dairy, the relaxation of some of those dairy tariffs, that's all President Trump. Um, I oh, think the dairy, these things they the did. Canadians can now, we can now sell dairy in Canada? Something yeah, we're getting more access. We're not getting all, uh, way, way more access, but mm-hmm. we're getting more access. And I think that, that that's important. I think that you have a situation where it was negotiated before, but it's been codified and got a touch better. If, uh, you're going to 45% of these auto components will have to be made by laborers that make at least $16 an hour. The reason yeah. why that's important is a lot of that stuff's going to return to the United States. 75% of the auto components up from 62 and a half uh, being made in the U.S., or not the U.S., just say North America, that's going to be positive for the U.S., uh, just given our geographic landmass and our labor supply. So They're also, uh, I think he also is giving them um, sort of an exemption or a concession on some of the tariffs, uh, Mexico mm-hmm. and Canada, um, mm-hmm. from so some I of the automobile the, the, parts. So all, all those things are good. I think that the one thing that upsets me about this whole thing is that this deal was signed, NAFTA was signed 25 years ago. The United States has lost 65,000 factories since the signing of NAFTA, and not one politician, uh, even though there were reset provisions in NAFTA where every year each country had the opportunity to raise their hand and say, okay, let's renegotiate this thing. It may or may not be fair to my country or the workers of my country. Uh, Not once was it renegotiated. And so you can hate Trump. um, No, this is uh, one thing I... a few things I agree with him on. This is great for us, I think. I'm not a policy wonk. I didn't. I have not read through NAFTA, nor have I read through this new agreement. But it seems like it does us well. I think it's going to help us mm-hmm. and our workers, and I like that. So, well, well, well. There's no question. And here, here's a great irony. I mean, this is stuff where Bernie Sanders and uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, um, the personality of President Trump aside, I think they do agree with him on this. this right. Taking out his policy. personality, so, this, some of his policy is great and it's bolstering the country and it makes sense. And we should stand up for ourselves in ways like this, especially if we can get people back to work. <laughs> okay, so we have another listener tweet from Charlotte Coolidge. She asked, which is interesting because I don't really... I, have, I couldn't even begin to answer this question, so I'm going to leave this to Anthony. 
Will the GOP or the Democrats benefit more in the 2018 midterm elections from POTUS signing deals with Canada and Mexico, and why? But would that really even affect the midterm elections? Yeah, I mean, so so my thing, my thing, Charlotte, is that you've got only 35 days to go, or if you're measuring those in mooches, that's like 3.2 mooches to go before the uh, the midterm elections. And so I think the decisions have more or less been made by most Americans directionally on who they're voting for, either their existing congressperson or they want to change in party, um, or in the, say, in the case where somebody's retiring or leaving office, um, are they going to stay with their party or do they want to change? Now, unfortunately for the president and for the Republicans, uh, time-honored tradition is that the House does flip in the first term of a presidential cycle. So uh, President Obama, it flipped. It flipped in uh, 54 uh, with Eisenhower. It flipped in 82 with Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. And so you get this you get this pattern of behavior. Sorry, I don't know if it flipped in 54, but it definitely flipped in 58 on Eisenhower. Um, but you get this pattern of behavior where the people that are out of power are very revved up and they're very angry and they show up in the polling at a way higher multitude than the people that are in power. You know, there's something to do with the complacency. If people like the way things are going, they have a tendency not to vote. So um, I think the Democrats have the advantage right now. I'm not necessarily saying it's coming from the uh, the, the New Deal uh, that was just struck, but I do think that they have the advantage in terms of uh, people wanting to check the Republican power um, going into the 2020 election. Yeah. So. I, I, I think that uh, the Republicans will keep that the, the, the Senate unless a miracle happens and anything's capable of President Trump. Look at where he was after the Access Hollywood tape. You and I both remember that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he was able to pull off the election. You and I went to... That was to, two uh, years ago now. Right? Two years ago. Yeah. You and I went to St. Louis to see that debate five days after. It was actually four days after the Access Hollywood tape was divulged. He was down there in, in St. Louis, and you remember he brought all the Clinton accusers with him. Yeah, that so was crazy. Capable. Oh, gosh. We were at Washington University I felt University like I showed up together. to, like, uh, the People's Court. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Wapner. Well, it, was, it, it, was, it was definitely it was weird. definitely crazy. It was definitely crazy town, although well, apparently John Kelly called the White House crazy town. Of course, everyone in the White House now denying. That's the new address said, of the that's place. Fine. If Nicole you want to send the president down. a letter, that's where you send it. Crazy, so crazy down listen USA. to me. I'm going to be a little bit braggadocious because my Yankees are doing so well. But you're, and I'm going to the playoff game tomorrow night while you're mm-hmm. in Japan. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm here working. Yeah. yeah so, enjoy it. Uh, well, what I wanted to ask you about is your beloved David Wright. So he played his last game yeah. Um, yeah. on Saturday. How are you feeling? Are I mean, you sad? Because I was bumming well, when Jeter retired. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that you know Jeter was uh, was not hurt the yeah, last three or four years prior to his retirement. Short. So the problem is, yeah, you know, David David's career was cut short about two years ago because yes. of the stenosis and other joint problems that he's experienced. But uh, he needs more ginkgo. He's a great guy. What is it? Ging- no, what's gluco- glucosamine? Glu- glu- glucosamine, yeah, yeah, that's for the joints. But I mean, he he some. he had. He had really, really bad joint issues and obviously a really bad neck issue. And, uh, you know, it's impossible for him to really stay out in a uh, nine-inning game. 
despite how talented he is. But 15 great years of service for the Mets. He deserved to be the Met captain. Uh, one of the little trivia things that I'm super proud of is that we gave David and his family our uh, Skybridge box over the weekend so that they could uh, have a place to go to celebrate yeah. during and after the uh, game and after his departure from the game. Um, and he's just a terrific guy. He's been a great friend of mine. In fact, I was one of the few uh, people that texted me immediately. Uh, he texted me twice, actually, inside of 11 days. The first one was, congratulations <laughs> on the job. And the second and one the, was... The other one was, Mooch. oh, damn, Mooch. what happened? Mooch. W- <laughs> WTF, WTF, <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point. And, you know, but the the... the the good part about David is that he's an athlete and a competitor, and uh, you know we have ups and downs in our lives. And uh, I think he's going to cycle now into a great post-career. Do you uh, think they're going to keep him situation. on, like come manage or something at some point? That would be a really nice thing for them to do and you know, hire him you know, in I some capacity. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's going to manage. I don't know if that's what what he what he wants to do in his future. Um, I probably haven't told you this yet, but you and me are having uh, dinner at the Hunt and Fish Club with his, him and his wife oh, when nice. the dust settles here. So we'll, fig- they we'll figure bring- it out. <laughs> they should bring their daughter. We could hook him up with Nikki. Her up with Nikki. Yeah. yeah she threw out yeah, the first pitch. She was yeah, too now cute. That, n- now that you put that on the podcast, they'll probably have armed guards. Okay, knowing Nikki's personality, oh, armed guards. Oh, come on. No. No, I'm not He's innocent. I'm he told me that when you're away, he gets a lonely. He combined he alone, alone and lonely, and he said, when daddy's not here, I'm very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, like well, when he loses his temperature okay. instead of temper. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, you know, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. I'm but, letting uh, those slide. They're um, cute for now. Yeah. Anyway, but he, so. But I mean, the good, the good news about David is that uh, whatever he decides to do, the future is bright. He's got an amazing personality. And uh, as Jacob DeGrom said, he was probably the best teammate that anybody could ever have. So He seems like uh, a super I'm, nice I'm super person. Psyched. Super psyched for him. And uh, you know what? It was an old school situation like Jeter. He spent all 15 years of his career with the Mets. I guess uh, Derek spent 20 or 21 years with the Yankees, and so old school. And uh, you know, I used to, I used to rail against and root against the Yankees uh, because I was a Met fan that had Yankee envy. Yep, 100% jealous. But after 9/11, I never will ever ever root against a New York team again. Uh, unless, of course, they're playing my New York team. But I'm rooting for the Yankees, and I'm, I'm psyched you're going to Thank the game you. tomorrow night. Thanks for hooking me and, up with the um, tickets, my love. Of course. Of course, and Let's, I hope I hope, I hope they pull it off. I'll, um, yeah, let's see. I'll text you from the game. You'll be sleeping probably. But So we're going to wrap this up with a few um, tweets from some of our listeners, right? And so everyone's asking us, how do we get in touch with you? Just follow us online on uh, Twitter, and you can tag us. You can add and ask us anything you want, personal, political. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Mooch and the Misses, so just send us your questions. Um, today, let's see what we have here. So RFL Politics says, what's being done and what can be done to unite people of different political alliances around common goals? Mm. Well, you know, I, I have to tell you, this is the thing I hate, absolutely hate about the politicians. So, well, the politician's goal is to get us separated, and the politician's goal is to make things so hysterical that normal people will just disaffect from the process. They'll turn off the news. They won't vote. Uh, they'll say, hey, I want nothing to do ever in my life with politics. 
and and then the politician has actually won because their job in their minds is to stay in power. And so if people are yelling and screaming at each other and the people that really like them that are, are on their side passionately will help them get reelected. And and then the people that want something that's more normal, um, you know, they, they stay out of the game. And so uh, the politicians are really contributing to this level of acrimony uh, and it's part of their business design. So I, I find it to be one of the most disgusting things ever. Um, and people that don't like the president, well, guess what? The reason he won is that the average American is super, super angry about the situation that's going on in the country. So uh, the best thing you can do is frankly what we're doing is talk, communicate, open up about the issues, but also also be honest. I mean, you, you would be blown away at how much we all have in common with each other and how much we all have the same goals. When it boils down to it, that's what I was saying earlier. If you step back and you open your mind and you take your fingers out of your ears and you're not just thinking about the next thing you're going to say, you might actually hear the other person and something might actually budge in you and you might get somewhere. And again, I know that's not that easy to do, but if you do it personally in a fight with somebody you love or if you do it you know, politically or professionally, when you take a step back and you stop talking and you start listening, sometimes you can get somewhere. Because I know that's happened to me where I'm so adamant about something and then I listen to it and I consider the other side and I think to myself, they're right. Maybe I don't agree 100 percent, but I should come where I should move my um, self a little bit closer to, you know, their their point of view. But again, also yoga helps yoga. Right. Yeah. No. No question. Um, I have more uh, questions. Uh, I, you want to answer some more? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So let's, do it. let's see here. Let's look for a good one. Oh, this is very funny. This is from Jane Manning, 1977. When you have a heated political disagreement, meaning you and I, Anthony, do you go to bed angry or do you filibuster? <laughs> it sounds sort of okay, like so, X-rated, right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, basically. Uh, the truth of the matter is, and let's see if I get hand checked by my wife right now. The, mm-hmm. uh, I have my own truth of the matter is, to this. I am I am Mr. Silent Treatment. He's the worst. Okay, I am the most. He gave me the silent treatment being. for one year. Okay. I was like dying. Right. Right. The silence to, was deafening. Go, you, you didn't. You didn't have to go that far. Okay, I'm you just telling it like it is. Okay, okay, so so I am like the worst, like I am like full blown right out of a Mario Puzo novel where you can just go dark and cold and like, so I'm really trying to not do that anymore. So Mm -hmm. um, the truth of the matter is there is an adage, cliche, don't go to bed angry. Uh, It'll be better for your relationship, better for your life, better for your heart. So, uh, but me... I got that old line Italian stuff, I guess, from my ancestry or from my DNA, and I have been known to be frosty and ridiculously stupid. And so, I'm just the warmest, um, and I beg to resolve it. That's how I go, right? And first of all, we don't we don't have po- heated political disagreements. We have heated personal disagreements. We have never, again, like we're trying to say here, no mm-hmm. way would we ever let a political stance impact our marriage. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, so let, anyway. can we go lightning round through a couple of these real quickly? Wondering how Mooch feels about Trump calling a female reporter today, saying that's okay. I know you're not thinking; you never do. Okay, so 
I know the president's personality. You would say I'm that to a man, to I think, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I know the guy's personality. He's just, you know, razzing. That was like a razzing sort of thing. He wasn't really trying to be uh, uh, anti-woman. If anything, he was told the other day that he, he didn't call on enough women. And his attitude is, well, of course, and then I got to call on women. So he was just trying to call on women the whole time. He was just teasing and razzing. That's his... Uh, bing, bing, bing. 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 I love exactly. you very much. I mean, his, his, yeah, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> What's this bing, bing, I mean, bing, just, bomb, bomb? What is he talking I, about? I, you know, I, is he talking I, about I Kim no Jong-un because he said he fell in love with him over but, a series of love letters? But, Wacko. There, but there's a... Yeah, that that was a t- totally nuts. Nut. Good news is no one asked us about that, so I don't have to comment on it. But I, <laughs> I think that was like whacked and nuts. But, we are doing great. But some, someone's... That was a big, big problem. And you know the interesting... When I did it, and I was really being tough, and so was he, and we would go back and forth, and then we fell in love. Oh, okay? my God. No, really. Yeah. He wrote me beautiful letters. Is yeah. he talking about he, you? He fell in love. Sounds like you. No, 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 no. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't fall in love with me. If, if he fell in love with me, he filed for divorce. Like It was like, it was like one of those Las Vegas weddings. Okay? He was trying he filed, to be like filed me. filed for divorce very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right, well, let me let me <laughs> anyway. answer this because is, this is a fun one. We can end on this one. Uh, you know, uh, w- what was uh, one of the more memorable moments during my time? Oh, I love that, the, co- uh, that question. I skipped it because it says, what's the fondest memories of your time as White House Communications Director and Washington Power Couple? I never stepped right. foot in Washington because I wasn't talking no. to you. Well, right. We, we were, were never fighting, a power so, I mean, couple that was, that was in Washington. That was actually a disaster, but 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 one of the things that happened was it's we were flying It's hard for you to laugh at this, I see. Yeah, no, it's painful. Painful for me, but that's it's okay. It's very painful for me gonna, to you're listen. You're going to rib me. No, it's okay, because it's Go my ahead. way of getting out of hearing you tell some Air Force One story that I don't want to hear. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, what I'll do is I'll tweet <laughs> at you, Jim Bernetti. Okay. I'll let you know what the story was at a later date. But anyway, you could tell your story. Go ahead. You, you, no, no. You like having, you like having the studio to yourself. You can just karate chop me from four. You know, Are you I'm ever 14, coming back? Because I came into yeah, the I'm studio and they said. Hour, I'm, I'm, four, I'm 14 flight hours away. I'm mm-hmm. 13 hours away time zone wise. 8,000 miles. But go ahead. No, go ahead, well, go ahead. I came into the studio and, and, chop, and they chop said to me. me, is he ever coming back? And I said, I don't know. He had this great idea to have a podcast and then he has the nerve to never show up to it. I'll be I'll be packed next week. I'm I'm just trying to just trying to raise money. That's okay. all I'm trying to do. All right. All right. What, else, what else do you want to talk about? No, I give you props. Middle East last week, Asia this week. I'm gonna need to buy you a clock. That, that, that's it. That's it. So you know this. where you that's are and home. a map. I'm, I'm home after this. What what else do you want to talk okay, about? Okay, so next week you'll be in studio. Yes. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get my hair lady to do my wig so I look good for you. And um, I want to remind everybody to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Mooch and the Misses. And then, you know, we also have our own personal pages. Deirdre Scar... Mine is so weird. I don't even know. Deirdre Scaramooch 2 or something. Yours is just at Scaramucci because you're like Prince. One word. Hey, but you got... Hey, you got, you got verified, girl. You got, you I got did. Verified, I got the blue check, so. peeps. That's good. Yeah. All right. All right. See, that's really legit. All right, right, so we'll we'll see you next week. I hope everyone's in touch during the week. Send us your questions and send us your love. We'll see you later. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.